Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Evil Men. Tea, mug of tea. Chris, uh, great intro. Thanks. And yes, I did make you a cup of tea. It's so good. This is not Orange Pico, is it? It is. It, oh, is. it is. I gave you Red Rose. You didn't give me the uh, Yorkshire Gold this well, time. Well, no, because I, I can't tell what you prefer. Yorkshire Gold. It's not Orange Pico. <laughs> there, we can Americans get a sponsor Americans don't now. know about Red Rose. Americans threw tea into the they don't water. Appre- yeah, they don't appreciate <laughs> it at all. They don't care. As soon as it shows up on a boat, they trash it. Yeah, agreed. It's- Freaking lame, dude. Um, so this week, it's one more Mikeless week. Yeah. He's off for one more week. He'll be back next week. But we have a really exciting guest joining us, filling in for Mike. Yeah. Mike does care about the podcast. He does. And he cares about us. Yeah. He does. But, uh, you know, sometimes you just can't make it. Yeah. Yeah. You're busy. Yeah. That's fine. But Chris, <laughs> why don't we talk about our guest Filling in for Mike. It's, she, yeah, go yeah, ahead. No, you go. Well, I mean, how, where to begin? Or you say something. Yeah, Robin, oh, you. In, <laughs> <laughs> Robin is, uh, frankly, a rocker. Definitely a Robin, rocker. Robin Hatch uh, is here, and uh, you've played with uh, the band Fucked Up. Yep. F Worded Up, if you rather. Uh, Our Lady Peace. <laughs> uh, you have solo albums out you're a accomplished a genius piano player i'm always seeing your instagrams and you're playing some kind of keyboard that looks like a, a made-up machine oh stop <laughs> are there any other really good credits i left out um i was in rural alberta advantage oh yeah for, they were great uh, for a couple years and then just you know the wedding band scene oh i played with the astronaut chris hatfield on a oh. breakfast television Amazing. oh my god it's so yeah. too bad mike's not here yeah. What was that like, if I may ask? It was really cool. He gave out signed photos to anyone in the band that wanted them uh, afterwards. And he hooked up uh, a private tour of NASA for Our Lady Peace when we were there in Houston a couple months later. So that, I mean, that was the best part. That's excellent. Think, yeah. Did you go into space? Um, <laughs> we, we got to go into the module of the, like, the life-size International Space Station. Uh, oh, fake one in houston that they train astronauts in. Oh, that's cool oh. yeah and so you uh, trained you like pretend to be like drinking coffee and smoking cigarettes like that's where they kind of hang out and do that and stress out yeah and yeah. they're like can you fucking hear us <laughs> and they freak out and they show you the difference between the russian and the american Ooh. segments where like cool the americans will just um they have their own kind of cabins to sleep in but the russians all just velcro themselves to the same wall well you know i guess they've got a collective mindset um that would have been crazy if they did send you guys to space you know like top story tonight the band our lady peace has entered into orbit yeah by alien request (laughs) (laughs) so robin you know you're touring around all the time Mm -hmm. has there ever been a moment like a your craziest being on tour moment um i was telling chris before this Jello by Afro was at the second show that Fucked Up played, or that I played with Fucked Up last year in San Francisco, and came into the green room after and was uh, assessing how punk everything I had just played was. I thought that was pretty funny, just in the whole sense of like, what is punk? And was know. he doing it um, kind of with a laugh or like ser- sort of seriously? 
I think just in a sort of gifted kid style of uh, <laughs> saying it no matter what. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> a gifted kid style. Yeah, have um, that's, I could see Jello being like that. Jello, Robin, have, you don't have to say this because it's probably not cool, but can you ever say like you met a, a celeb or something and you're like, God, that guy was a jerk. But you don't have to say it. If yes, you do. I think this is one of those questions where like when you get asked on the spot, you can't think. Yeah, of like, I can't think yeah. of anybody. Um, There's no one burned in your brain as like. Even their body is stinky. <laughs> I mean, I posted about this, but I, Our Lady Peace played that Canada Day show that they have every year in Trafalgar Square in London and England, not Ontario. And uh, <laughs> Headley was also playing. And I remember uh, there was like a big kind of artist hangout after and sitting there with the sheepdogs who were great guys. Um, and watching Jacob Hogard uh, hitting on a woman kind of across the room. He's Headley? Yeah, he's the Headley, the guy who's in jail now. Um, <laughs> yeah. And uh, This is a safe person to, <laughs> to say it was a jerk. Totally. Yeah. And, uh, he had a cowboy hat on, and the woman he was talking to took his hat off and put it on her head, and he immediately had a backup hat already in his pocket <laughs> and put it on like within maybe two seconds of, of her oh. uh Pulled out the backup hat. So. Was it a backup cowboy hat? No, it was like a bicycle guy oh. hat. With like the oh, yeah. Brim. So he the went for two brim. really unorthodox hats for this outing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Is he balding? I, I guess so. I mean, that... I can't imagine... Too much testosterone. Yeah. That's right. That's Chris's thing. You know... It, Is that what it... Yes. Someone um, said that. No, science says A long time says ago. Science <laughs> says it. Yes. Apparently, if you're bald and you have a lot of body hair, you're very high in testosterone. Now, Robin, I ask you, take a look over at Chris here. Notice anything? Bald and a hell of a lot of body hair. Nice. I just want the listeners to know she didn't look over <laughs> and she's not looking. Well, I'm just bigging up. I'm bigging Chris up here. No, yeah. you must be really high testosterone. I just want everyone to know that's listening. Robin hasn't looked at me once. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry she's safe i kind of have like maybe receding hair for a woman but i have bangs <laughs> so i i don't think about it. but uh yeah. i played a show a few weeks ago and at around the lunchtime a bunch of uh trans women found out that i am not trans uh and were very surprised oh so yeah. that was i don't know neither here nor there yeah neither neither here nor there but that's you know you never know how people see you that's true what yeah. they think you know i remember uh I'm pretty sure back in my early 20s, some people in my university dorm thought I was gay. I think. Did I ever tell my acting class story on no. this podcast? No, no. So over 10 years ago, I took my first acting class after doing comedy for at least 10 years at that point. And I was like, you know, doing commercials often or, you know, semi-often and whatever. Mm. And so I was like, I got to get better at this shit. So then I take this acting class and the teacher's local teacher's thing is you're hit when you start the class he goes around and tells everyone they're hit what they'd be cast as what what their look reads to him yeah so it's just I of took course the same it's, class yeah yeah so of course it's like mostly a bunch of uh uh female actors really upset because he's his whole he's a jerk and he's yeah. his thing is to be brutally honest so he's hurting people's feelings so then he goes to the guy he gets to the guy beside me and now i'm starting to get nervous because it's i'm next the guy beside me is this like you know six one redhead strapping guy and he's like you 
are very handsome. You could be a leading man. You could be the next James Bond, you know, and all this stuff. And I'm sitting there being like, <laughs> so okay, here line. we go. Here yeah. we go. <laughs> and he's like, I love your look. You could use your look for anything. You could be the lead of any action movie, whatever. Yeah. And the guy's like, cool. Thanks, man. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Then he is finally finished, like, loving this guy. Then he comes over and looks at me and he goes, you are gay? (laughs) (laughs) And then I start blushing like crazy. And he's like, or not, whatever. And then that was basically it. And it's like, I don't care if I I was gay or not. It doesn't matter. But it's like, I want to be James Bond, man. So it's like, you're James Bond. You're you're a stud. You're a leading man. You're gay. (laughs) You're dot, 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 gay? Oh, my God. He did not know what to do with me. I think that's what his whole acting class was, honestly. (laughs) Like, he clearly had... An ego. He liked hurting women's feelings. Like, it really I, I felt him, like that. I remember him talking about a woman and basically implying the hit she gave off was basically like a tart. I'm using like yeah. a f- <laughs> fuddy-duddy language to like soften it. But yeah. And I can't imagine that felt great. And then he said to me, he was like... Um, Something like I look like a I look like I'm from a rural area, <laughs> which is true. Yeah, I look like an everyman. And then, kind of as he was walking past, he stopped and he goes, "Dress better." Damn, so dude. Gonna dress better. Yeah, I gotta say, back at this point, um, I was clean shaven and I probably ate pizza for dinner every night, <laughs> so I had really big, round, glowing cheeks. <laughs> Um, you know, I looked like a, a man who like, yeah, lived in bed eating chips. But the thing is, is a bet like, yeah, eight years later, I went to another, I was like, I'll give it another shot. Yeah. I go back and it's <laughs> the like, height of me gayer. too. <laughs> I, what? You're even more gay now. Yeah. What happened to you? <laughs> yeah. And, uh, it's the height of me too. And he spent a whole class defending Dustin Hoffman. Oh, God. (laughs) Was Dustin Hoffman canceled? I think he was in the news. Like, I don't know if he fully got canceled, but people came out and said that he used to honk their butts inappropriately or maybe grab their bodies inappropriately. So he's like, you can't even be... Dustin Hoffman's the, one of the greatest. And the teacher looks like Dustin Hoffman. He does. <laughs> so I think you're right, Robin. He's 100% projecting in like, yeah, psychological insecurities. Robin, um, when you're playing like festivals and stuff, you must see um, people in bands being hit on by oh, fans yeah. like all the time. It must be crazy. Headley. Headley. Oh, yeah, you did mention I that. I think it happens more for guys. Right. Or the inherent power dynamic of a guy in a band and like a fan woman is more attractive than like a fan guy. Right. Which is always kind of, oh, I don't know. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so fan guys for female keyboardists are a different <laughs> breed yeah. than like Led Zeppelin. Uh, yeah, it's like reply guys on Twitter. You know, it's just, they always, <laughs> it always comes across weird. Yeah, yeah, so you are kind of, you're big on Twitter. Bigger than us, yeah. right? Oh, way bigger. Way bigger, right? Definitely. So Well, now you, we're equals because I lost the fucking check. Oh, oh I know. I'm not, I'm not mad about it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad wow. that it's, I know it's kind of uh, old hat now, but I'm glad that people started uh, like identifying the reply guy thing because 
for years it was really predictable and funny when like a young woman would say anything and then there'd be like 10 guys who were like 45 or 50 being all married being like ha, really true you know it's so yeah wha- we know a bunch of guys <laughs> yeah, like that it's like, and i feel like for years we would be like oh there's that guy replying yeah. to this young lady again excellent dress <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 the only funny one of like a famous person that you can see on my instagram is i, I posted one of those tiktok style videos where you jump and your outfit changes oh yeah because i think on instagram people still get away with it more than on twitter where did the music go like (laughs) (laughs) i think i did no music it was like kind of an ironic maybe i'm not you know fully committing to this but yeah uh, brit daniel from spoon left like a hey i love this reply to the is he the lead singer yeah i was like oh cool wow that's that's awesome it was also embarrassing for him like (laughs) i would love to be like a a hot babe on twitter a hot babe online (laughs) that'd be so cool like just famous people i would love it if you were too excellent dress (laughs) excellent shirt so i thought um what if we did a round of shit (laughs) how does it go weird yeah Weird or way cool or whatever. Yes. So, Robin, um, I don't know if you, maybe your people in your circle talk about this game, or maybe you see people mention it on Twitter. <laughs> but um, basically, we so funny? we each say something we do, and the others decide is that weird, way cool, or whatever. Right? Um, I can go first if you want. Does that sound good? Yeah. yeah. Okay, here's my weird, way cooler, whatever. Um, on the first floor of my building, there's a little gym. And since COVID, you have to sign in. Like, you have to like write down your name, your apartment number, and like when you went in the gym and when you leave the gym. So here's the thing with me. I do like to exercise. I go for jogs and I, I do use the gym. But... I basically, I use it for a short time, you know? I kind of go in there, I do some pull-ups, I do a few curls, I'm out. And everybody else on the list, it's like Gary from apartment 302. He went in at 1 p.m. and he left at 2.15. Corey from 5.10, he went in at 5.30 and left at 6.30. And I'm going in for 10, 15 minutes. And it's embarrassing to me. And I lied on the signage sheet and said I spent like 15 minutes longer than I did. I can relate to that. So I'm kind of going, but I still don't think it's way cool. It's not way cool. And I do think it's weird, but I'm At also best because I understand that impulse. Mm-hmm. I'm saying whatever. Robin? I think it's, uh, I'll say it's way cool. It, yeah, it'd make the other people <laughs> think they should be, you know, I, and I'm sure everybody's making up how long they were in there. Yeah, so. that's what I think too. Because I just there's only like four other people in my building who use the gym, and what they're gonna think I'm the loser of the gym because I go in for 15 minutes. So I just want to do a simple thing. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you, Robin. It doesn't strike me too hard as a super weird. Thank you, thank you both. Maybe you're doing high intensity interval training. That's right. Maybe I am. But um, what would these other residents of this building think 
if they saw how much time you were really spending in there, I feel they like, would judge you to I death. I feel like if they saw I was in there for 15 minutes, they'd be like, why did you even go in? They would fully judge you. Yeah. You would be pathetic in their eyes. Yes. Um, Maybe they're all lying. Maybe no one's using the gym. That's what I'm wondering. <laughs> Should I start putting in that I went for an hour when I didn't even go at all? I think on the top of the sign-in sheet, you should write in all caps, be honest. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I see one of the guys who said he was in there for an hour and a half. And I'm like, "Um, nice lying, buddy. He's like, huh? You don't look like you were in there for an hour and a half. (laughs) Or you just write five minutes and draw like a frown face. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, just own it. (laughs) I wrote two minutes. Well, Robin, uh, you have a weird way cooler, whatever. Um, So the one I thought of is I'm wearing Leafs merch right now. I got a hat and a sweatshirt, um, but it's new stuff that I've picked up this year because I won't wear. um, My grandfather was on the board of directors of the Leafs in the 60s. So there's this like generational trauma of the Leafs losses kind of hanging over my family. So they have this really cool uh, old 60s Leafs jacket that every time I've worn it in the playoffs, um, they've lost that night. And it's been like a major, I'll pull it out because it's game seven and they, they lose. And it's, I always feel like the jacket is, you know, got this terrible energy or something. So uh, this year I bought new uh, merch so that I could happily support the Leafs. They've won every single game since I bought it. Um, but two nights ago, my mom was like, oh, I brought out the, the Leafs jacket. And no. I up the old Leafs jacket, the yeah, cursed the one. the Leafs jacket. And I kind of was like, yeah, well, maybe if they make it to the next round, ha ha. In my head, I'm like, I, I'm not going to wear it. Like, yeah, get that <laughs> thing away from me. Yeah. What do you guys think? I think that's way cool. I 100% relate. Okay. I mean, I don't have an item that I think is cursed, but like, I'm actually getting there with Blue Jays playoff games because I've been to three or four and they've lost every time i've gone no four and they've only haven't played in that many playoff games in the last like five years and i'm like i think i can't go that sucks yeah yeah so i i think that's way cool i like that yeah i'm going way cool too because like james's thing i guess i said whatever for what james is saying because i i, I said whatever for yours because it's like ah, don't worry about it's it too a, much yeah, robin is being kind but to way that cool, was cool because uh Man, I totally get that superstitious stuff. Mm. It's it's also like comforting to like put faith in that kind of superstition in a weird way. I always you know? touch wood. You're like, yeah. You know that thing? Touch wood. I yeah. do do that. I don't know why I do it, but I can't help it. Yeah, I have a few like bizarro habits I do before going on stage even or right, even you, when I get on stage. You jerk off, right? <laughs> I jerk off to a picture of the biggest audience ever. <laughs> Into the Sars Fest, an audience <laughs> picture of Sars Fest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, 2003. I'm like, damn, one day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One day there'll be a new respiratory disease, and Toronto will have to have a big concert for it, and I'll headline. Yeah, how's everybody doing tonight? Woo. Yeah, <coughs> thanks for uh, sticking around after ACDC <laughs> <laughs> to see me be like. I like to eat chips sometimes. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> um, also, w- a way cool for Robin because I want to see this jacket. Yeah. This vintage-ass I jacket. I have to say, both your hat now and your shirt are really cool. Yeah, like even though it's weird that to buy like modern sports gear sucks. Yeah, so you, you found some cool... You to go to this place, Sport Gallery in the Distillery District. I will. It, it sounds actually... Yeah, by they by the way, stuff. Robin, you had a really funny trolling tweet last night that I sent to Tom Henry 
because I thought it was funny of your claim that the Tampa Bay Lightning were getting good calls because in between periods they were sucking off the refs. Yeah, I thought they, it was good. Because everyone's saying that the uh, <laughs> Tampa Bay was, is manipulating the refs. But it's funny imagining in between periods. It's like, okay, I guess we'll, you know, t- they're sucking them off yeah. in exchange for good calls. That would be it. Now, that would be a scandal. Um do you have a weird? I'm trying to think mm. of like if I have some sort of weird. Okay. My kids are clearly like obviously love candy, mm. but they're not like me. They they don't obsess about it to the point where they're, they forget about it. So they got this huge haul just now recently for Easter. They got a huge haul for Halloween, huge haul for Christmas and birthdays, but they'll keep it in their room or something. But guess who slowly nips at it more than them? Freaking me, man. Mm. So right now, every now and then, I when my girls are at school, I sneak into their bedroom and take <laughs> a little chocolate Easter egg and enjoy it. And they never notice because they don't care as much as me about candy. <laughs> so is that weird? Way cool or whatever? That's whatever. Yeah, I think Thank that's you. cool. Yeah. I think that's I think that's a cool dad move. Like they won't mind if I have a little bite. I'm know? killing myself to protect them as well. Yeah, you're of me taking my roommate's weed in college like <laughs> when she'd leave the house and <laughs> kept it in the freezer in like a giant, you know, tin foil thing. Yeah, I'm a huge ma- yeah. I'm walking over like dolls on the floor, <laughs> like moving uh pencil crayon pictures of unicorns and dragons that they drew to get easter foil wrapped easter eggs to eat in their room <laughs> while those, they're those at school <laughs> learning how to be a good human being those aren't even good too those tiny little foil wrapped easter eggs taste no but like to shit. me it's just like a drug addiction it's like <laughs> mm, little sugar kick you know what i was like that too as a kid i wasn't really that into candy or anything and i'd leave my halloween candy for months and like I the rest of my never, family would I go eat never. it my yeah. sister was really good too to, at saving stuff forever, yeah. and I would like, yeah. So it's basically I, I'm treating my daughters now like how I used to sneak on my sister's <laughs> room. It's funny imagining them coming home like, "Daddy," You're like, "Oh, hey, sorry, I was just uh, looking for monsters." <laughs> yeah, how come there's uh, purple, pink, and green tinfoil all over <laughs> our our bedroom carpet? <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. so funny. What? Go to bed. Like, I could discipline. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you kids are bad. You know that? You kids yeah. are actually really bad. You shouldn't ask your dad questions about anything. <laughs> I've started. I learned you can get in McFlurries at McDonald's extra candy. And since I learned no. that, I've been going all. Yeah, like, I can get Score and Smarties. Oh, shit. Um, and I've been going almost every day. And it's this, like, almost at the end of the day, I'll be like, I'm not going to do it today. I'm not going to go. And then always at like 1130, I'm like, guess, I guess I'm going there. I can't, at night? Yeah, I can't even stop myself. Well, I was going to say, and I didn't want to accidentally offend you, but your iced coffee is, sounds to me like a super sweet treat. Yeah. So you like the liquidy sweets. Yeah, like for the last half hour, I've been thinking about like, as soon as I get back to my car, I'm going to eat all the whipped cream that's under the lid. <laughs> <laughs> beep, beep. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we should tell you that we have a Patreon account that you can find at patreon.com slash evilmen. And if you sign up for this, you get multiple bonus episodes a month. You get access to our Discord, which is like a chat room 
where Chris and I are in there chatting. Mike is in there spiritually. Um, it's a lot of fun, and uh, we also appreciate the support so much. It really helps us, and uh, we're really grateful. If you do it, thank you so much. And if you can't join the Patreon, maybe you could please rate us and review us on iTunes. Right, Chris? Damn, could you do that for us? That'd be so nice. Thanks. What the hell? You guys are nice. So uh, let's move on to the evil man this week. Robin, I DM'd you. Not afraid to say it. And uh, I said, uh, Robin, who the hell do you want to do this week on Evil Men? And you had the had a great reply. You said... Are we doing McVeigh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, you, I liked what you just said. We doing McVeigh? So we doing McVeigh. Robin, I'm glad you listened to a podcast on him because my research was... Uh, Wikipedia. Well, no, Wikipedia and one other place. When it comes to, like, information on our podcast, we're not that good. That's true. That's fine. That's fine. I was nervous. I was like, they're going to find out I'm a McVeigh poser. Like, I don't even... (laughs) Yeah, you leave and we're like, Robin really is not a big McVeigh person in a way that's a problem. Yeah, like, she made you think that she would know a lot. About McVeigh. Well, you know when you listen to, like, a long podcast, but... And you think you've learned everything about a person, but you only absorb, like, the first 20 minutes of it? Man, I can't do Audible because when I'm like, I'll walk and listen to Audible for an hour and then be like, I just thought about a sandwich for 30 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Or, or sex. No. <laughs> well, it depends on what the book's about. Can I ask you a question? Me? A guy, a guy I listen, I listen to his podcast and he always jokes that he always wants to eat after doing the deed. You, you yeah. get that? I mean, I guess that's like a cigarette or something. You does that? A, do you get what I'm talking about? I always want to die. <laughs> I I finish and then I go. Oh, I could die now. What? And I say that to my part. I say that to my partner. <laughs> oh, I could pass away now. <laughs> With now that we're sadly missing Mike. Yeah. What do you think Mike would say? Oh, I could just pass away. <laughs> Mike would say, "Oh, that was a." Wonderful, good rogering we just did. <laughs> now, if you'll excuse me, I think I'll pass away. <laughs> um, by the way, speaking of our research, a really nice woman named Leah, who is on our Patreon, DM'd me and said, I'm a librarian, and if you ever uh, need research help, let me know. So Thank maybe we you. should. That's really Really nice. nice offer. Yeah. Shout out, Leah. Okay. Thanks. Let's get to Timothy McVeigh. So, Timmy McVeigh was born in 1968 in Lockport, New York. In school, as a kid, McVeigh was bullied. Uh, he took refuge in a fantasy world where he imagined retaliating against the bullies. You know what? We could say it for almost every episode of this program, mm. but I'll say it again. Way to go, bullies. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, nice work. Um, I also wrote down, he took refuge in a fantasy world. That's what I do when I kill imps and trolls in Elden Ring. <laughs> so, Yeah, but what happens when those imps and trolls become <laughs> real people? That's true. Or grow, or grow up yeah. in the Elden Ring universe. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Um, they never get to grow up. 
Oh my god! All those bokoblins I killed in Breath of the Wild <laughs> never got to. S- no, got it's to- in his like defense. His defense attorneys said that, like while he was being prosecuted, he would compare everything to Star Trek. Really? Yeah, and listed his only role models in his life as uh, Kirk, Picard, and Spock. I guess mm. I'm kind of with him on that. Yeah, and I think the reason he joined the army is because of Rambo. Hmm. Um, <laughs> So but, he's a bit disconnected. Yeah, totally. And he had a mom who would sit at the window every night saying she was being watched. So like he was raised in a, like a paranoid, right. possibly, you know, whatever, environment every night. And then his mom bounced. So, I don't know, divorced parents plus... So he lived bullied. vicariously through the television, through Star Trek. Yeah. How could someone who likes TNG be this bad? I know. And then he was an early hacker, so he got one of the first modems and managed to hack into like... Not the U.S. military, but some kind of yeah. financial thing. So he would watch Star Trek all alone, and Picard would all of a sudden look at him through the screen and be like, yeah. Timothy? Yeah, Timothy, <laughs> engage bombs. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> but the Star Trek thing was a deep cut already, and that was pretty sweet. That was pr- excellent info, Robin. Yeah, I, uh, I researched that all myself. I'll tell you all at the end where you can find more. Uh, it's like a 25-hour podcast about Timothy McVeigh. Wow. Oh, called program to chill program to chill he did not that, that he did not chill very much it seems so like we said mcveigh was bullied later on he said that he believed the ultimate bully was the u.s government mm. um technically mm. yes mcveigh as a youth was shy and withdrawn i'm stunned by that i always pictured him as more of a nathan lane type <laughs> yeah i pictured him like <laughs> doing keg stands at parties at, and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Jim Carrey in the mask. <laughs> yeah. Somebody stop me. He's said to have only had one girlfriend as an adolescent. He Did told, they? I don't know. Jo- no, I don't get that vibe. No. I don't think they did. You you don't get the sense that they got it on. But you're going just by your own personal vibes now. Yeah. is it, My vibe analysis is he was a virgin. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll go with it. He's not here to defend himself, so... It does say McVeigh had no idea how to impress girls. Hey, grade 9 and 10, I'm with you. For me. I didn't at that time either. And then what happened in grade 11? And I took drama class, so let's just say things changed. As soon as my braces were off, (laughs) it was over, ladies. (laughs) Oh, yes. These teeth are straight. Oh, my... So as a teen, McVeigh developed two passions, computers and guns. He was intrigued by the early internet of the 1980s, and he became an amateur hacker. And like you said, Robin, even once he broke into the Defense Department computer on his Commodore 64 under the handle The Wanderer as a nod to the song by Dion. Is that that song? I'm a wanderer, I'm a wanderer, right? I wander around and round and round and round and round. This guy sounds like an idiot. I get on my Commodore 64 <laughs> and I start to hack. I wander with my eyes and I'm never coming back. <laughs> I'm a wanderer. Dude, it is a bit lame imagining him in his bedroom like listening to that. Like, what a delightful uh, well, handle. Well, I'm the type of guy who can never talk to girls. <laughs> Star Trek talks to me through the television screen. I like guns and robots. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I think that's the song. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
so in his senior near year, he was named most promising computer program at his. Uh, sorry, let me re- <laughs> let me do that. <laughs> in his senior year, he was named most promising computer programmer of his high school. Oh, congratulations! He was also voted most talkative by his classmates as a joke because he never talked. His, everyone was a bully. Yeah, he got bullied for sure, which is sad. It always makes me so sad. I hate the idea of eh, kids having a hard time. That reminds me in, it's not ironic, but in Jamaica in grade three, my parents took me and my sister on a vacation there Mm -hmm. and Trelawney Beach Hotel Resort. That's what it's called. It's called something else now. What's up? Trelawney Beach. (laughs) But I won the best worst sunburn award because I really did get the worst sunburn. Oh. In grade three, I was like freaking eight years old. Shit. And they gave me a prize in front of everybody at the resort. Were you embarrassed or But then a few nights later, I also won Reggae Prince of Trelawney Beach Award. That's sick. I danced to reggae in front of everybody at the hotel. You, you were the star of this resort week. <laughs> I, what were you, 10? I'm the life of the, I am the actual life of the party. Yeah, Timothy but, McVeigh, t- I'm the opposite of him. You are the opposite I've of I've never blown anyone up. I did an acting class. I'm the opposite of like, Timothy McVeigh. I've never blown anyone up. Sorry, Robin. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah, the only acting class I ever did was at camp when I was like nine. And the teacher went around the circle and uh, said, like, do this expression happy, do this, like, et cetera. And then got to me and said, do embarrassed. And I like didn't know what face to make. And then so I made just like whatever expression. And he went, you think that's embarrassed? And then what? like... Whatever I did after, he goes, that's embarrassed. And like, showed it the whole class. Oh, so how Your old real you? reaction? Like 10, 9 or 10. That's a dumb guy. Oh, it was horrible. <laughs> that's brutal. You're yeah. not being embarrassed, you idiot. Yeah, yeah little now kid. you're embarrassed. <laughs> what a jerk. <laughs> it was an acting camp? Yeah. It was a guy like 14. No, it, it was like a... I don't know, 31-year-old, like whoever's teaching Oof. acting in Oakville at like the Art of Acting camp. Right. <laughs> Is that where you grew up, Oakville? Yeah. Oh, crazy. I'm Etobicoke. Hey, you guys are nearby. Kind of. So, back to McVeigh. He told people in high school that he wanted to become a gun shop owner, and he sometimes took firearms to school to impress his classmates. Um, he became really interested in gun rights, as well as the Second Amendment, He was really into magazines like Soldier of Fortune. He dropped out of college and he worked as an armored car guard and was noted by coworkers coworkers as being really obsessed with guns. Um, One coworker recalled an instance when McVeigh came to work, quote, looking like Pancho Villa because he was wearing bandoliers. Those are those like suspenders with bullets in them, Mm -hmm. right? That's a bit much. Well, He liked Rambo, as I mentioned. Right. Right. So was he wearing a shirt? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Hope not. Yeah, you got to wear them without a shirt, eh? Like, that is oh, your the shirt. Bandolier. The bandolier. Yeah. If you're going to th- sport those and a shirt, you're not doing it right. Yeah, you can't, you can't, like, Mike Balazzo. They, they can cover your nipples. <clears throat> yeah. You can't be Mike Balazzo and wear a tucked in dress shirt with bandoliers over it. Y- you know what I mean? If you're going to yeah, do the. You can't the band- be like a mantis. No. If you're going to do a bandolier, you're right. You got to be shirtless. You got to be a little bit in shape. Well,. I think you've either got to be really in shape or have a big gut, one or the other. You can't be like my right. body where it's sort of just loosely in the middle and have a bandol- two bandoliers on I it. I picture, so I don't remember like, because it was the 90s, right? So mm-hmm. I can't, I didn't do any research for this. So I can't remember, 
what Timothy McVeigh looks like. Was he so? Did he wear no shirt, bandoleros, have a huge gut, and always be holding like an open bottle of tequila? No, but maybe in his mind. I always thought he was uh, Kaczynski in my head. He's an interesting <clears throat> dude. Mm-hmm. Anyways, maybe they corresponded. Well, get this. They almost definitely did, and I'll tell you later. What? Yeah. yeah I maybe, didn't know that. Not corresponded, but I bet they talked. Okay. And I'll explain it later. Okay. Whoa. That's a hook. Um, all right. So it's 1988. McVeigh's 20, and he enlisted in the U.S. Army. He was reprimanded by the military for purchasing a white power t-shirt at a Ku Klux Klan rally. That's a bit of a giveaway that maybe this recruit isn't uh, the best guy. What the hell? Mm. I'm glad he got reprimanded. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Even though he still was in the military and left on his own accord later. So his future co-conspirator in the Oklahoma City bombing, Terry Nichols, was uh, his platoon guide in the military. They got along well. They had similar backgrounds. Uh, They both shared views on gun collecting and survivalism. McVeigh was a really good soldier. Did you catch that in what you listened to, Robin? Uh, He, he, like, won a bunch of service awards, including a bronze star, and he, like, blew up a car or something on, like, his first day, and, like, he was, I guess, a really effective soldier. You're going to go back to the Rambo theory, so he joined the military because he wanted to be in special forces like Rambo um, and got immediately placed into this cohort, which was called cohort, which was like a special term for um, usually it would be six month periods before you could get promoted. But the army decided to try this experimental thing where they would keep the same group of people together for three years and you couldn't get promoted. Like he didn't even get a chance to try to join the special forces, but instead got put in this cohort with that guy, Terry Nichols, and then another guy who was maybe involved as a conspirator. And they were just like, they had to stay together. It's like this weirdly sort of version of high school again, where they're isolating these sort of like extreme weird people. Yeah, and they did it to try and prevent people from becoming angrier. But then their conclusion was it might actually make people more angry to have to stay with the same people. Really? Now, I have a yeah. difficult question <clears throat> for the both of you. Oh, I'm, I'm ready. I'm interested. Mm. Do you, this begs the question, should people who are naturally drawn... I understand that the history of the human race, there are people that are naturally drawn to being a soldier, being a protector, mm-hmm. being strong and intelligent in that regard, mm. which is a fine, specific very specific type of person Mm -hmm. should soldiers mingle with civilians ever yes i think so but i guess it must really mess you up if you're trained to kill other people and then you come back to regular life and you're like "Ah, ah, it's probably unfair guys like me are like my stomach hurts i eat too many (laughs) chips and they're like he should blow up (laughs) It's probably like jail where mm. once you're out of there, what what do you do? Or how do you readjust back to normal? I'd be so scared to go to jail. I would cry. I would I would cry when I got convicted. I wouldn't. I would cry when they led me in. I'd cry in the cell. It would be I would be You'd a nightmare killed, in jail. Yeah. I'm not I you know what? I'm not I find alpha guys annoying and I don't well, I don't really like that with friends. 
are just like nice, friendly, low-key yeah. guys. Mm-hmm. Poets. Poets. Sensitive men. Sensitive men. I would I would have no friends in jail, guarantee you. Oh, it would no. suck. I'd cry <laughs> the entire time. Have you ever had a, had that sort of weird bad fantasy where you imagine yourself going to jail? No. Okay. Well, we differ on that. I've never even, like, I stole my first thing last year ever. <laughs> I stole a headband from Target because it didn't have a price tag on it. And I yeah. was like, wait, what if I just, like, yeah. didn't took put, it? didn't put this in the self-checkout thing? Did you walk yeah. out with it around your head? No, I put it, like, I scanned something at the same time as it. Anyway, um, but Was yeah, it thrilling? It was, yeah, it was insane. I got I got in trouble for helping a friend steal something when I was 15. Really? What was it? Uh, it was a best of two life crew cassette. <laughs> <laughs> the security pack, like, remember they used to, and, and CDs were popular at the time too, but it was still for some reason that we saw this cassette that had the security tag basically falling off. So I stupidly, like, convinced my friend, like, we could basically take it off and the alarm wouldn't go off and then we'd have a two life crew tape. And my friend did it. And we both got in trouble at the same time because I guess the secret shopper, like, watched us conspire together. Uh, but they didn't fa- fully charge us, but they drove us home. This is a very w- white privilege story, I feel, especially in Etobicoke. They drove us home to our parents individually and like s- scared us by talking to our parents wow. about what we did. But He should have bought that two live crew cassette legally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was only nine ninety nine for yeah. as nasty as they want to be. I'm a huge Two Live Crew fan myself. I yeah. play it for my family every every evening. Yeah, but you have to pay for it. <laughs> I have a hard as beep shoplifting story. If you guys want to know, oh. yeah, uh, it actually wasn't that long ago. I was in a chain grocery store. I was using the self checkout. Okay, and I'm on the phone talking to my sister or something. I'm distracted. I got confused by the genuinely, honestly confused by the self checkout. Yeah, right. And I put in a, I'm going to say a 12 pack of toilet paper (laughs) uh, into a uh, bag. And like, I'm checking everything out and it wasn't working. I called someone over and they like fixed it for me. Anyway, I realized, wait a second. I didn't pay for that toilet paper. I just, but the, someone, I even called someone over to help. Why is it saying the weight isn't right? Like, I just was so distracted, I didn't notice. But I have to admit, I kept walking. You stole toilet I, paper for but your ass. I, I would have had to go back and be like, I didn't pay for this toilet paper. And I feel like these big grocery stores are kind of evil now. I know that is bad, and I guess I am admitting to a crime, but I den- genuinely didn't mean to. Apparently, lots of people are stealing now all the time anyways, because yeah. inflation is out of hand. And if it was a mom and pop store, I would have gone back in it. and be like, I'm yeah. sorry, guys. I didn't pay for this toilet I know you paper. Guys, it was like handmade toilet paper from a, <laughs> an old lady. Yeah. Beep, beep. <laughs> beep, beep. <laughs> back to Mickey Vay. Okay, that was a good, like, a real good uh, jail discourse. A great. No, where, where else are you going to hear that? Uh, nowhere. And by the way, too. You know, real tragedy what McVeigh did. We're totally not laughing at no, that. We're no. making fun of McVeigh himself. For, who yeah, was a dink of the highest degree. Laughter is literally how we deal with the pain. Absolutely. Um, so, where are we here? Uh, he decided to leave the army and was honorably discharged. But I thought it was his favorite place. 
It was, but like Robin was saying, he was kind of getting frustrated with not being able to right, go up right. the ranks. Right. Do you want to know what the conspiracy theorists think? Yes. Yeah. So when he was in the army, supposedly you get maybe maximum two medical visits a year. Okay. And there's records of him having gone to the dentist over 75 times in his first year in the army. Okay. Which is like, it's on record. And he would say that that's why afterwards he was like, they implanted something in my like skull or something like the you MK did Ultra say that think that, um, oh my but that's God. where they get that from is just that he was, uh, had that many medical visits. So it wasn't time. his choice or his decision to go to the dentist supposedly well, not or that if you really wanted to you wouldn't be able to get those that many appointments right. e- either this son of a bitch had a hell of a cavity problem or what's going on 75 visits in a year yeah like you're right if you personally were like i need to go to the dentist again the dentist yeah. would be like you're fine yeah That's it's a bizarre. it's a it's a little bit of spinach on your tooth timothy yeah toothpick you have a problem yeah there's a toothpick in your swiss army knife <laughs> and in the in the final trial they brought in the guy jolly west who was the like uh the guy that made jack ruby go insane in prison and like the the main kind of mk ultra scientist he went and visited mcveigh uh to talk to him about the dental visit thing and then the next day in trial, McVeigh was like, oh, yeah, I was just joking before. <gasps> hmm. I feel like there's a hint of you believing this conspiracy. Well, that's... I it is peculiar. I it, but They're always fun to talk about. Where I'm like, I think it's interesting that America has a guy whose job it is to fix people that, and make them go nuts. Right. Right. Did he come up in our well, MK Ultra episode? Yeah, I was just going to say, we have an episode on Sidney Gottlieb, which... And I know we're not the most info-heavy podcast for no, sure, but mo- that well, one was like moron. where I learned the m- that was the most interesting information I think for me to learn about the MK Ultra thing, and that that was real. Basically, that the U.S. government was dosing people with LSD and experimenting on them and stuff, and it really happened. I think it makes more sense that he just ended up in the army with another nutcase, and they like fueled each other. You know that movie Thirteen about the two kind of rebel teenage girls? Uh no. Oh, but okay. I get what you're saying. Like they, they basically. Yeah, it's more likely that they were just kind of lone wolves that. They were literally cohorts. And their cohort went to uh, West Germany for their second year of training, and I don't know, trained with a bunch of like super alt, not alt right, but like fascist right wing uh, Germans, which is another like question mark. But hmm. anyway, that's where most of the conspiracy stuff comes from is like the dental records. Like what was the deal with, with those? Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. This is great. Well, okay. So post-military McVeigh got really into being mad about taxes. He sounds like every like middle-aged dad from Alberta on Twitter, basically just mad about taxes. He's writing letters to the newspapers, complaining about taxes he wrote, but honestly, James, can I ask you, why do most of our taxes go towards lazy bums? <laughs> you can ask Mr. Trudeau. He wrote, quote, taxes are reaching cataclysmic levels with no slowdown in sight. Is a civil war imminent? Do we have to shed blood to reform the current system? I hope it doesn't come to it, but it might. Uh, like Robin said, he reportedly complained that the army had implanted a microchip into his buttocks so that the government could keep track of him. That's insane. They, they kind of hot. They, they, yeah, and they we they use the COVID vaccine for that. Not you don't need a microchip. Yeah. So 
Also, we all we offer all our information online every day, anyways, <laughs> willfully. Interesting that he said it's in the butt. I wonder if he meant the cheek yeah, or mouth. up the arsehole. And then if you think about like his mom that left when he was a kid who like made him sit by the window every night because there's government watching us. Right. Probably th- that was his main like, hey, mom, yeah, Army's going really good. Like, I know the it dentist is- planted a tracker in my butt. Yeah. Not your teeth? <laughs> I believe. Nope. You. My butt. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know why. I, I don't think teeth. that was a dentist, Timothy. Yeah. They said, say, ah. <laughs> So McVeigh worked long hours in a dead-end job, couldn't find romance. He started obsessively gambling. He got really into being anti-government, anti-taxes. His dad didn't agree with him. So Timothy moved out of his dad's house into a par- into an apartment that had no telephone. Timothy, you know what? Mm. This guy's like, he winds up being isolated too mm. much mm. all the time. You know what I mean? Like it's, I know that it's a clear point A to point B with a lot of this type of behavior, but it's like, Mm. you're just like, oh, so close to like someone helping this person. Guys like this need to be on meta. You know, you got an avatar, you're playing cards with people. Yeah. No, it's sad. I think that's why soldiers like the Halo games so much. Like, so, like, talking to each other on headsets and stuff? Yeah, like, Our Lady Peace played a bunch of military shows, and that was the vibe I got from the cigarette breaks I took with, like, veteran soldiers. Where where were you? In It was in Edmonton. Oh, I thought you were going to say, like, Kandahar. Yeah, me too. Fuck. (laughs) They had just come back from Afghanistan. And I was, like, you know, super kind of U of T... uh, left wing going like did you even do any you know is there a real war happening over there and they're like yeah it's exactly like halo they compare to halo a lot eh big time and this was because i think that halo had just come out where it was really like halo 2 it was really realistic but um yeah like two of the guys were going through divorces just kind of what we were saying earlier that you can't go back to normal life after you can basically just like go back to war so in 1993 Joe Carter home run. Um, that was when the Waco standoff was. <laughs> and this was like a huge event for some conspiracy guys. We did an Alex Jones episode, and this was like a huge moment for him too. I think guys like McVeigh and Alex Jones saw the Waco standoff as an example of the government tyranny. The government wanted to come and enforce their will on them, and they didn't. Did, Alex like, Jones went down there. And they that, didn't like, burn the place down with... Alex Jones went, like, during it? Yeah. And so did McVeigh. McVeigh drove down to the Waco standoff to show his dis- support, and he distributed pro-gun rights literature and bumper stickers bearing slogans such as, when guns are outlawed, I will become an outlaw. He was obsessed with the I- idea that we need guns to defend ourselves against the government. There was this FBI sniper named Lou Horiuchi who was controversial because he had shot someone at a standoff in Ruby Ridge, Idaho. Anyway, at gun shows, McVeigh would go around with cards handing out that sniper's like name and address, hoping someone will go assassinate him. These American militia movements, they saw things like the Ruby Ridge standoff and the Waco standoff as an oppressive government determined to suppress anyone who conf- refused to conform to its will. Do you think when you see like Joe Biden last week tweeting, like, we need to... Uh, reform gun control or something like that Mm -hmm. or we need to ban assault rifles and everyone's like why you're the president do you think it's because he's scared that 
that kind of thing is going to happen again worse? I, I don't know. I mean, I don't understand American gun culture. Well, the NRA funds like so many politicians. Yeah. And I think. But it's, then also like when your opponents are the gun nuts and own a private yeah. military's worth of assault rifles to themselves and you're isolating them, mm -hmm. I don't know how dangerous that is. It's such a dumb time, too, where we conflate issues with being on one side or the other, whether it's logical or not. So even if I think if you're on the right and you don't own a gun or don't really care that much, it's like a passionate issue because it's like a strike against your side, even if it's illogical, I think. And I'm sure the left probably, we probably do it about certain things, too. So McVeigh, he's, he's a fixture on the gun show circuit. Um, he's traveled to 40 states, visited about 80 gun shows, and it's kind of like in the gun show culture, he finally found a home, you know, a community to call his own. For me, it's the Weezer subreddit. For McVeigh, gun shows. Um, McVeigh had a road atlas with hand-drawn designations of most likely places for nuclear attacks, uh, is the difference between the left and the right, going back to what we were just talking about. Mm -hmm. Like, if you picture an actual battleground, like the old days where you'd line up on the battleground and one side would be getting ready to, you know, face off against the other side, mm -hmm. you would have one side armed with the best military-grade assault rifles and weapons issued at the time mm -hmm. versus one side only stacked with like tidbits about Weezer. <laughs> <laughs> so how's yeah. that war gonna go? I've already thought about like in the event of an apocalypse or a zombie uprising yeah. or whatever. My brother-in-law is like a big strong hunter guy. My brother is a huge strong guy. He's a sailor, and I'm gonna get Ebony. You will like, get in the car, and I'm saying, Mike Finton, you're my leader. You will live on their back like a broken C-3PO on Chewbacca. <laughs> 100%. That's happening. And like, hey, as far as I'm concerned, you're the king and I'm subservient to you. Until then, no. But when if it all goes to hell, I've picked my two strong men. Have you guys ever thought of this? Robin, what are you going to do in an apocalypse? I guess just like continue living with my parents. <laughs> <laughs> Hope that they live as long as possible. Yeah. Smart. I've got a rowing machine, so I've been training. <laughs> You're going to be the strong man. I can row a boat far away <laughs> from whatever danger is happening. <laughs> okay, so, right. So McVeigh even was like, oh, I think there's going to be a nuclear war. And he bought property in Seligman, Arizona, which he determined to be like the best spot to avoid a nuclear fallout. Uh, he lived there with his buddy, Michael Fortier. He was in the cohort. But Fortier he's not was like the cool stoner. And yes. Terry Nichols was like the super he was like 36 or something in the cohort with like a bunch of 19 year olds so he was like uh, mcconaughey and uh, dazed and confused yeah. the new co i keep getting older the new cohort cohorts say yeah. the same age um yeah like you said robin uh, mcveigh and fortier experimented with cannabis and meth oh, modern day cheech and chong cannabis is gateway to meth right hmm April 93, McVeigh headed to a farm in Michigan where his old buddy Terry Nichols lived. And, you know, they're watching the Waco siege and Nichols starts teaching McVeigh how to make explosives. 
by combining household chemicals in plastic jugs. Like we talked about, the destruction of the Waco compound enraged McVeigh and convinced him it was time to take action. He was so angered by the government's use of CS gas on women and children because uh, he had been exposed to that gas as part of his military training and he was familiar with its effects, which I guess is fair enough. He also suspected a cover-up in Waco because some evidence had disappeared, I guess, such as the bullet-riddled, steel-enforced front door to the complex. Here's kind of a, a, a lame, funny thing McVeigh did. He began changing his answering machine greeting every couple weeks to various quotes, such as, give me liberty or give me death. Beep. Hi, you've reached Timothy McVeigh. Give me liberty or give me give me death. Leave a message after the beep. Hi, Timothy. It's your <laughs> father. <laughs> I like it if it's like, Hey, you've reached Timothy McVeigh. Give me freedom or give me death. Beep. Hi, it's Blockbuster. You still have an overdue uh, A Few Good Men VHS. <laughs> Beep. Hi, it's Blockbuster. You haven't returned the VA season six of Star Trek The Next Generation VHS. <laughs> yeah. So I guess death? <laughs> yeah. Chris, you must have had a funny outgoing message in, in your life. I don't know. I'm like embarrassed to try to even remember. Mm. Probably something like, like, hey, I don't know, whatever. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Robin? I definitely had the like, hello. Just kidding. It's you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Oh. <laughs> That's a good one. Hey, McVeigh visited Area 51. He was just all in on conspiracies. He well, honestly, to like, to what is going on down there? Yeah, I'm with him on that too. So McVeigh told Fortier the stoner uh, of his plans to blow up a federal building. But Fortier said, nah, man. And Fortier also told his wife, like, McVeigh has some kind of fucked up plans here. I'm worried about Tim. <laughs> we need to talk about Tim. McVeigh later described this period as going from a propaganda phase to his action phase. So McVeigh considered a campaign of individual assassination rather than a bomb. He was considering targeting Janet Reno, a judge named Walter S. Smith Jr., who handled the Waco thing, uh, or Lou Horiuchi, uh, the sniper who killed someone at the Ruby Ridge standoff. So what, what year is this now? 93. 93. Mm-hmm. We are 2023. So 30 years 30 ago. 30 years, like basically almost to the day. Yeah. And half of America almost is like Timothy mm. McVeigh and... Tucker Carlson just got fired yesterday, who was basically the biggest speaking stage yet for somebody who fandangles these people's minds like this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, so we're in a way more intense, yeah. dark oh version my God. of. What would he be like now? Basically, Timothy McVeigh is like garage rock in 1965. You know what I mean? Like, this 100%. is the proto version of what. Is this why you're interested in it, Robin? Yeah, Kinda? just. Because it's like a that anecdote about the bullets in the door at Waco that you're more concerned about the FBI shooting on someone's private property than you are like what's happening there that why they would want to go and shoot the door I don't know right what's ha- like, yes yes because you're already just embedded like the government is behind every conspiracy yeah so you can't trust any sort of like neutral motivation mm-hmm. for safety or something mm-hmm. or because and uh, and these people always seem to have an issue with sort of fantastic idea of saving children all the time mm-hmm. but when it comes to real human beings they have no connection no empathy no humanity in that regard there's no connection to like a greater whole of a community 
it's like we have to protect the children from these monsters but it's like you don't care about the person right beside you what are you talking about it is crazy though because the 90s seem like such a benign time in america compared to now and it's like he's all worked up then you should have just enjoyed the 90s timothy hey speaking of these conspiracy theories that are Mm. obsessed with such a benign time before yeah you know what their favorite fruit was what a banana (laughs) banana vagina vagine (laughs) vagine vagine vajayjay Honestly, Timothy McVeigh had no clue about a Vajayjay. <laughs> Some people you just can't picture saying Vajayjay. Imagine Mike saying Vajayjay. Robin? I can't. Me neither. Mm-hmm. So yeah, McVeigh is like, maybe I should do an assassination. But he decided... But instead he decided he could make the loudest statement by bombing a federal building. So... Let's get to the bombing, which is really horrible and sad. Um, McVeigh and Nichols constructed and mounted a big bomb on the back of a truck. The bomb consisted of about 5,000 pounds of ammonium nitrate and nitromethane. April 19th, 1995, McVeigh drove the truck to the front of the Alfred P. Murrah Federal Building just as its offices opened for the day. Before arriving, he stopped to light a two-minute fuse. A large explosion destroyed the north half of the building. It killed 168 people, including 19 children. It injured 600... Right, there was a daycare in the building, right? Yes. Fucking hell, I forgot about mm-hmm. that. It injured 684 others. When they talked to McVeigh later about killing people, he said, I'm sorry, but it happens every day. You're not the first mother to lose a kid or first grandparent to lose a grandson or granddaughter. It happens every day somewhere in the world. Yeah, he's broken as fuck. Yeah. So they traced the vehicle identification number of the rear axle that was found in the wreckage. From there, the FBI were able to identify the rental truck. And from there, they got McVeigh. When McVeigh got arrested, he was wearing a shirt with a picture of Abraham Lincoln and the motto, thus always to tyrants on it in Latin. Supposedly what John Wilkes Booth said after he shot Lincoln, or as he shot Lincoln. On the back of his shirt was a Thomas Jefferson quote, the tree of liberty must be refreshed from time to time with the blood of patriots and tyrants. Like he made the shirt? I know, I guess he made a shirt. Just get a magic marker and write the Ramones on a shirt. What the hell? (laughs) Three days later, he was identified as the guy. He went to trial, he lost, he was given the death penalty. McVeigh's request for a nationally televised execution was denied. An internet company also unsuccessfully sued for the right to broadcast the execution. CBC Gem? Oh, so this is interesting. So yeah, he, he did get put to death. But while McVeigh was in prison in Colorado, he and Nichols were housed in what's known as Bomber's Row. And in the same cell block, there was the dude who did the 93 World Trade Center bombing and the Unabomber. So that's why I said McVeigh oh. probably did at least say, hey. They did the mirror thing. Maybe. And they could see each other down the, down yeah. the row. Bomber's yeah. row. Why what did you become fuck? crazy? Yeah. Oh, what about you? Why is McNichols not as... Nichols? Nichols, sorry. Not as known. I think he like, gave a bunch of info to protect his wife or something like that. So he didn't get as charged. And he also didn't help build the bomb. I don't think. I mean, there's other, like the conspiracy. That's kind of where it... Remember what I said about... Was Nichols one of his teeth? (laughs) (laughs) So there's a compound in Oklahoma. It's like a 
super white supremacist like town and uh this guy Strasmere, what's his first name? I can't remember. But uh, the grandson of one of the founders of the uh, Nazi party, his name is Andreas Strasmere, um, was kind of one of the heads of this compound. And he supposedly was the guy in the rider truck. There was a book in the front seat called like How to Build a Bomb. <laughs> and he gave McVeigh supposedly that book, this guy that... Um, was like a direct descendant of one of the biggest Nazis that lives in Oklahoma. Hmm. And uh, the cohort had been in West Germany for that one year. Like, there's a lot of kind of weird question marks. The other, the big kind of overarching conspiracy of the Oklahoma City thing is that it was the pre-9-11 government intentional thing. Oh, yeah. Which is... Sometimes with those guys, nothing bad ever happens because every bad thing is a is a false flag government Right. I mean, surely yeah. some mm. stuff must be just some lunatic acting on his own. Totally. But I they hate to <laughs> say, but those false flag things that you say, like those conspiracies, mm-hmm. they actually make you more of a coward because you're. It just shows that you're afraid of chaos of the world. Yes, because every. It's almost like everything happens for a reason. Please, like, please. Every explosion is actually the government. Oh, good thing I I know the answers to everything. Yeah, so or even earthquakes or tornadoes and stuff. They think are weather machines sometimes. Of course, it's, it's yeah. like nothing bad ever just happens. I think this came up on one of our other like conspiracy theory oriented episodes, but there is a great old article where Adam Curtis is interviewing errol morris and they're basically just saying there can't be these grand schemers it can't be like grand like orchestrated top secret things because emotionally humans aren't that organized with each other they'll just everybody is a victim of their own hubris and emotions Mm -hmm. so you can't like it's just impossible to think that everybody's agreeing with each other on this grand secret scheme oh of course right i mean they've said it way better they're not like conspiracies would be true would require so many people to not be telling their wives just winking all the time (laughs) yeah (laughs) at a grocery store in like a top secret village ordering pizza hut to like a secret underground layer under a mountain and the pizza guy's like what is this place and they're like nothing and, and <laughs> you know what's funny like you know the the ufos that the government or the military sees all the time and they're like we don't know what it is obama in an interview someone asked him like are aliens real and he's like i've never seen an alien but we do see things in the sky and we have no idea what it is and it's like he, he was, was so that good. a good <laughs> you know i don't want to be but offensive we do but, see things in the sky yeah and we don't know what it is um but the, that's an ex-president literally Now do Trump talking about aliens. The aliens are great people. They're very good people. I love talking to the aliens. They've, they've, got, they've got a lot of money. They've got great ratings. Um, Mike would be up in arms at my impressions. Yeah. Um, we miss you. There's literally an ex-president of the United States saying, yeah, there's, I don't know what, we don't know what those are. So that's, pretty open isn't it like if it was a conspiracy he would be saying that's what he'd make up a lie well then conspiracy theorists will say like them being open about ufos now or whatever they call them they changed one of the letters uaps conspiracy theorists would say that's a distraction from the real stuff that's going on anyways Mm. because if we're all running around with our chickens heads cut off or whatever (laughs) 
I think it makes so much sense that it's just like they don't want to tell the states that there's Russian drones or China, wherever drones yeah. flying over the states. Like so a while ago, when it was like this is a China, a drone from China or like a balloon from China. Yeah. They couldn't deny it at that point. Adam Curtis would be like, is it from China or was it from like, we're just saying it, we're hyper normalizing. Or was it, it was reflective of the culture yeah. at the time? Little did they know that at the same time a balloon from China was flying over Alaska. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> In Iraq, a little boy was flushing a balloon down a toilet yeah, yeah, that led yeah. to something very disastrous. Yeah. I think it makes sense though that like, a lone guy who thought he was Rambo went to join the special forces, couldn't join them. Thought he was, had like a chip in his brain was like, well, I must be Rambo and in the special forces anyway. And they want me to do my own thing. Yeah. It's well, can, let's maybe can I tell you something when I was zero, mm. like from zero to 10, basically. Yeah. I w it was, I was that my age, I was in the 80s, it was the 80s. <laughs> I can't talk today. I'm okay, wired so you, you on Orange Pico. <laughs> you grew up in the 80s. <laughs> I know, but I'm trying to give you the exact like date, like the age range for me. Yeah. But it was literally like, yeah. So <laughs> my kid years were in the 80s. I'm fucking wired today. But anyways, I got to say the most popular cartoon for boys was G.I. Joe. Mm -hmm. And every single kid's aimed movies had a military army obsessed cool kid character like i'm talking mm. like the movie ruskies where like lee phoenix later joaquin phoenix was like the super like military mm. fanatic kid like it was just implanted into us mm. that being like take no and remember like Corey feldman and stand by me take no prisoners like those that characteristic mm. was just ingrained into your head and rambo was popular mm. and i grew up eating all of that american culture thinking like damn dude having a gun and a and a fucking thing like a sweatband mm. around your head is the shit yeah <laughs> and like i can and i'm in i'm detached from it to a degree because i'm in canada mm. and so then but i was like ate up i was like one of those kids raised in front of the tv so i ate up all that all that all that so i can't imagine what it was like in the states when all your relatives are fucking your town is military Everything yeah. is like America the Great, like just fucking yep. everything is so patriotic. Yeah. And then you're being told like G.I. Joe is like the way it, to grow up. It, it, even in like... It you makes, just break these kids' minds and they become these isolated fucking Rambo freaks like what you're saying. Yeah, Timothy yeah, McVeigh no, is yeah, like a right. botched clone. Yeah, But ultimately America was trying to make all perfect clone warriors anyways. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So in a way, it's like these kids become botched clones. And the then you're like, what's up with that guy? Yeah. Well, it's like, what's up with all of you, you fucking nuts? Yeah. I'm with you. I'm totally with you. And I was just like, I watched so much spo sports and it's like, the the especially in the states like the military incorporation sometimes if you ever watch the Super Bowl it's so it makes me yeah. fucking barf. don't fighter jets fly over yeah, the fucking and it's, Super Bowl it's like in um at Yankee Stadium after nine eleven they started singing God bless America in the seventh inning stretch and they still do it and if you ever watch a Jays Yankees game it's like it's fucking weird like halfway through the game God bless America it's like in the middle of the game, what the fuck are you doing? Giant it's so fat weird. guys just crying their ass. <laughs> <laughs> um, why don't we guys bring out the evilometer? And uh, as we know, our 
wonderful friend Mike usually introduces the Evilometer and does a really excellent job at it. But uh, why don't we do it today, Chris? Come on out, Evilometer. Oh, look, oh. he's made his own T-shirts yeah. with patriotic <laughs> slogans on them. Oh, That's yes. adorable. And he's wearing those like Pancho Villa bullet uh, yeah. belts over his chest. Evilometer. That's so cute. He's always cute. playing fun tricks on us. He says he likes computers and guns. Oh, you silly, silly machine. Um, so, Robin, I don't know if you know the whole Evilometer thing, but basically uh, we input a evil score into the Evilometer. 10 is the most evil, 1 is the least. Uh, so why don't you go first? Like, what evil score out of 10 would you give Timothy McVeigh? Um, I think I'd give him a 9 out of 10 mm-hmm. because it seemed pre-motivated and he didn't have that much happen to him in his youth where you go, okay, it makes sense that yeah. he's that messed up. Like, mm-hmm. it seems like he most of it was kind of of his own accord. And... Uh, but I'll take out the 1% or the one point for the fact that it sounds like he was just kind of a, like a Forrest Gump type that you could just tell him to do anything and he, he would. I, right. I think that's an excellent answer. Yeah. I was going nine too. Yeah. Because also the devastation of the bomb and his cold and callous response about the families mm-hmm. and the children, he's got uh, no empathy whatsoever. So he's mm-hmm. cold and sociopathic and, mm-hmm. Yeah, it does sound like you're right. There's no, yes, he was like isolated and basically called a nerd by bullies, but there's mm-hmm. not, I, it sounds like he was maybe broken from the beginning. Yeah. I'm and go- I'm taking out the one point because also like that weird rant I just went on, maybe there's something to be said about Amer- the propaganda, the military propaganda of America. Yes, you I know, totally, Maybe they should shoulder mm. some of the blame sometimes mm. when they create these bizarro soldiers. Yeah, I think I'm with you guys. 9.0 out of 10. Because sometimes, yeah, like you said, Robin, we do a guy and he did something horrible, but the story of how he got there is quite sad. And it's sad, sad with Timothy too, but like you said, not enough to warrant something so horrible. And... I mean, yeah, I think he was really, really bad. and But like you say, Chris, yeah, he's maybe a product of all these bad things about the system. Like the whole fucking country marches to drum rolls whenever they hear it. It's insane. Yeah, We're lucky, I guess. We're the neighbor of the protectors, so we get to have this cynical attitude about it. So... Robin, um, like, where can people find you? You know, what albums of yours should they buy? I have one of your vinyls I just showed you. It's true. Uh, I love it. Um, I RobinHatch.Bandcamp.com or uh, just follow me on Twitter. I don't have a blue check mark anymore, but that's me at Robin Hatch. Are you still touring with Fucked Up? No. Um, they said I was too punk, but uh, <laughs> I'll... What have I... I got a show coming up in June, and I have a new album coming out, actually. Um, I don't know when yet, but probably around the end of June. Cool. Amazing. Definitely follow Robin on Twitter. Check out her music. Thanks so much for coming on. That was really deep and fun and enriching, and I'm super wired off of two black tees still after all of that. So if I was stumbling over my words, I'm freaking wasted dude (laughs) thanks for the tea james my pleasure 
listeners don't know, but he also gave Robin and I two decadent chocolate chip cookies. And also, just for the record, I did offer to make Robin tea twice, but she had her own coffee. Ice coffee, right? It's chocolate cream cold brew. Do you have? Have you had this before? No. no. They, Where? Oh man, it's cold brew, and they put a layer of chocolate whipped cream on top. It's so good. <laughs> Amazing. Well, thanks, guys. That was another great episode of... This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. 